Hey, welcome to the Daily Dawn. Uh, yeah, I am Noah Fowler, and I am uh, co-hosting, guest co-hosting today, with my lovely friend Alyssa. Hey guys. And Noah, the other Noah. I can't remember your last name. Hinkle. Hinkle. Ah, uh, yes. That's a great last name. Yes. So we're here, and our friend May May or Don Shell is joining us as the guest yes. of honor. Well, hello guys. <laughs> Welcome and, back. Hey, Don Shell, I have one question for you that really just to kick us off. I met you, I mean, I can't tell you how many years ago, maybe like a decade ago, Boy Scouts. And I knew you as Don Shell. And then I started meeting you when you were working at Camp Wabana recently and people know you as May May. Can you maybe explain to your listeners how your your name May May came about? So when I first went to my which is now my home church where I'm a member, which is Annapolis UP, the E stands for Evangelical and then the P is Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Yep, yep. Um and <laughs> I um That's a technical Amen to that. And my, one of my dearest, I'll make a story short, but one of my dearest friends, um, mom could not pronounce my name or misheard me when I told her my name. And she called me May May. And I, I was meeting people that were becoming my like close group of friends, my church friends, my BFCB's WHIM, which is best friends, church buddies, until I'm meeting heaven. Until, until we meet in heaven. Um, okay. And... It's an episode of The Office or something. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Awesome. And so, yeah. She just... And I stuck with it because I was like... I, I would meet my friends. So, for example, if I was like, Hi, Alyssa. And I'd be like, I am May May. Or my friend's mom would say, This is May May. And I was like, I didn't know it until the end of the... Um, like, day. Where I went to like... Someone's Bible study at the house and had a pool. And I met all these people and I got all these cool friends. And I love Jesus. Um, so then that, that happened. Which cool. would you rather be? How do you distinguish? You so I prefer May May only because Dawn Shell is just. I'm a junior and that name carries a lot of weight that I don't want on my back. Mm. A lot of um, reminders, which is interesting because the reminders can go in two different ways. Like, it's a reminder of what I don't want to be or who I don't want to be, but it's a reminder of who I am and who I have a potential to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like the both sides where it's like, I don't want to be this person that this name carries, but then it also can be a positive for like, I don't want the person that this name entails, but I can be better than the person that had that name before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, I guess is interesting because I'd want to change my name and <laughs> everything been paid for. It's cost $365 to change your name. I paid for that, and the mm-hmm. judge approved it, and it's sitting on my desk, and I won't go to the cross to change my name. It's like, he approved it, and I, did, I went through all this hassle to get a change, and somehow I can't change it. I'm going to try it out with Nathan, but that didn't work. <laughs> and I'll just laugh in my face. <laughs> hey, Nathan. Your name is great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now, listen, I'm going to expand more on the story, but I'm just letting you guys, this is your podcast, and I'm a guest. Yeah, well, I'm, I want you to expand more on the story. On what story? Got specific questions. Well, <laughs> you seem to imply that with your name or your, your past, there was more that you... 
So it really felt like you wanted to share. And so as the guest host, I'm encouraging you to share. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and Alyssa, don't be afraid to chime in too. Mm-hmm. What you have been doing. I mean, you weren't afraid. You have been chiming in. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. Anyways, <laughs> um, so my name is my name is Don Shell. I'm not telling you my full name because you guys can find me on the interweb. Uh, I hope you guys look at look at my life. But my name is Don Shell. Blah 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 blah. Thomas King Jr. Um, and sorry, that was some static in between. Yeah. And I um, my father is a junior, but he never. So when his name was written out, it was Donchell D. Thomas, which was identical to my name, Donchell D. Thomas. There was no junior, there was no senior. So we were exactly the same name. So he's technically a junior by yes, birth. By birth. you would be the third then. No, he's a senior. Oh, okay. And I'm a junior. But like, there's no like legalization of that, so we had to get that changed. And, um, and my father was not a very good father. Um, he was very, I don't know. He wasn't, like, there. Like, when I was born, he wasn't there. My stepdad was there. Like, I didn't care. Because, like, at the time, I, like, wasn't phased because I was a baby, of course. And babies don't need their father. They need their mothers. I think solely you can be happy to put your mom. Because moms are, like, the first imprint that you make. And, like, unless your mom is, like, crazy or something. Or, I mean, people have moms that don't want them. But I'm not saying that. Anyways, I'm it's just okay. saying. From my perspective. This is about you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm saying from my perspective, I think all you need in life is a mom and Jesus. And my mom loved me enough and to like be there for me when I needed her to be. And so did my stepfather. But my dad was basically non-existent. And then there was this story where I trusted him because he wanted me to come over to his house. And my mom had full custody of me. She won that battle because she has great lawyers and we won that battle. That battle was won. Um, and um, my mom was obviously fit to have me. At the time, because there's stuff that happened on the road that made her unfair. But anyways, um, I went to my father's house and I was uh, nine years old, and I was going to his house. And, and, as, and as I was going to his house, um, it was like a great day. He got me like this four wheeler. Her like the little four wheelers that like, you drive and like has like the gears in there. I always wanted one of those. Yeah, I got one. And 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 my dad lived in Baltimore, Dude. so. Oh. <laughs> He lived on like Brooklyn Street or something like that. And the street was like, <laughs> I couldn't ride in the street. I didn't want to get hit by a rack of a car. Well, he gave me, he got me one. And I got to drive it. It was black, like a black Cadillac. Not an aqua Cadillac, but a four-wheel Cadillac. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I always wanted one of those. Dude. They're so good. Um, and so he gave it to me. And then, now, keep in mind, I can't keep, I'm like away from my mom. And I'm like, this is me testing the water with my dad. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know this guy. But I, I'm like, my, my mom convinced me to say, Maybe give it a try. Cause my, my, my mom has always taught me that people might not be there for you in your life. But if you can give them a chance, if they give you a chance, then you should take that chance. Because that means he's going to have to show me something. And I should take time to see what he's trying to show me. Um, and she always taught me about which why people come to my life and something's wrong. I am able to, like, I forgive easily and I give them so many chances. And I want to be there for them. And I want to, like, you know, like, I want people to know that. Life is really short, and you want to make sure every moment we have is precious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad, we went to, I went to his house, and we were for Wheeler, and then I, then it's like late at night, and I meet all my siblings. Now, I have 14, 13 siblings. They're all like half, most of them are half siblings. Some are like aqua siblings, some are just like 
step siblings, but I hate the word step or half because I feel like it's demeanoring to call a brother or a sister half because like, hey, you're my full brother and you're my half sister. If you heard that in public, you'd be like, well, am I just, how do, do you love me equally? Do you love yeah. me? Do you care about me? And I feel like that's not that's ideal. And when we're all, anyways, we're all brothers and sisters either way, but there, there, there shouldn't be a half. There shouldn't be like, but that's the way the world just labeled it as, which I don't like, but I don't call them half siblings. And so I'm there, I meet them. And I don't know if this stuck my mind. She does, she's sweet to me for my time. And then, so I get there, and then we're there. And then I hear this knock on the door. And then I see the door flying open. Um, and I see these men dressed in black. Now, I'm nine years old. I can definitely read. <laughs> and I see, like, this armored person in, like, a suit that said SWAT, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's, like, SWAT. stands for something else, which is obviously police officers, and it's not good. And they knocked down my father's door because my father was actually a major drug dealer. I didn't know it, which I mean, I just met this guy again. And I saw my father, they went, they went through the house, tossed everything around the public, tossed it upside down basically. And they tossed him on the ground and they took like these bags out of his pockets. And these bags were like full of, um, like he had drugs and p- bags of green stuff and like white pills and whatever. He had all the drugs in his pocket and I'm like, and my grandmother, my great-grandmother was trying to shield me from it and, like, protect me. But I'm a nine-year-old kid who's very interested and, like, wants to know what is going on. And I'm, like, not with my mom. I'm, like, where's my dad? And, like, because this woman is hugging me and who's this stepmom who's, like, sitting there crying. Like, what am I doing? Like, why? You know? Yeah. And so then I see my dad get carried away. He looks at me, but then he looks away. I'm, like, okay, whatever. But my grandmother tried to shield me from it. And I ran to my dad. And then I remember my stepmom never calling my mom until... A day later, until like a day after it had happened, and the day after it had happened, um, we, um, I, I, the day after it happened, my mom's like, "Why do you call me sooner?" And then once they called my mom and told my mom, um, <laughs> well, they called my mom and told my mom, she was like, "You left my son, left my son alone. They didn't tell me that his dad was taken into custody, and you didn't let him call me when he wanted to call me." And he basically waited a whole day to tell me what, what happened. Which is like, in a mom's eyes, mom's like, think everything's fine. When her kid basically stranded with some strangers they don't know. And the dad isn't present. He's supposed to be like in custody of me at the time. Which proves like that I gave him a chance and he broke it. Yeah. Um, and so then I went, um, then I remember me meeting my mom. And I remember me, her getting get on my stepmom's car. And I see my mom at the house. And, I couldn't, and my mom had her arms wide open. And I ran to her arms, and I hugged her so tight. Like, I didn't want to let go. And then I had school, like, the same day. So then I went to school. Like, I hugged her, and I went to school. Um, so it's like you, you as a nine-year-old boy, you witnessed the SWAT team raid your father's house. You basically. witnessed him get arrested. And then the next day, you just have to, like, go to school. Yeah. Were you scared? Um, I was definitely terrified because my dad was taken. And I, did, I, I, I didn't understand why. Comes like these men at the time. I knew I knew they were officers. But I'm like, but I didn't know why. Like I didn't understand yeah. why because just someone's taking your dad. Yeah, like, like someone took my dad from me, and it's like, and I'm not gonna be able to fight people off. I can't. I'm nine years old. They would probably mm-hmm. smack me or something, or kick me back or Who something. I don't know. They're swine. They will yeah. get what they're looking for. Um, and so like then, so then. I tried to contact my dad numerous times while he was in jail. Because when you're in jail, you probably go on Facebook when you're in jail. That's the thing. Um, and so he would be active on Facebook. And I tried to message him on Facebook. 
I would like tell him so many things. I, was, I remember me telling him this one quote. I said, "Less our, our memories are like let's just put, our memories are like whatever happened in the past is like footprints in the sand. I forget about it. It washed away. I forgive you." And I thought he would like, "Oh, thanks. Wait, wait to see you." And for um, five years of my life, I tried to contact him. He just wouldn't say anything. And two years after the five years, he was already out of jail for those five years. Like, he was, he went to jail, but then he got out. But he didn't contact me in those wow. five years' time. It was, like, me, like, basically pouring myself into, like, this person who's not even listening to me or not answering me. Um, and sounds like, well, I don't want this guy to be in my life. And then I tried to tell him about me being in Boy Scouts and being in a battalion, which is, like, basically Christian Brigade on one. And then Boy Scouts is, you know, Brigade of Annapolis or whatever you call it. Uh, I don't know. It's Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. But I know Christian Brigade. I'm more, more of Christian Brigade than Boy Scouts. And this okay. is a long story than I thought. But, and so, it's it tied to why my name is John Shell. I don't want to be named John Shell. And my dad, like, he was like, are you gay? Like, why are you part of, like, Boy Scouts, which is a bunch of men, basically, or Battalion, which is a bunch of men. And it's like, why are you part of it? And I'm like, they're Christian godly men. Like, get over it. And I remember calling my dad on my birthday. And he didn't love, like, he had no idea my, my birthday was February 1st. It was also frustrating because I called him. Yeah. Is that your birthday? No. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I just, thought it was. It's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> I called him on my birthday and I thought that he knew my birthday was first. And I was like, I would call him. He said, how are you doing? And I picked his type birthday to me and he, he didn't say anything. And I was like, okay. But but he decided to yell at me basically. And be like, this is not what you should be doing. You're not my son. I disown you and blah, 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 this and that. And then it made me think that I wanted to change Don Shell because my dad had this huge record. He's a drug dealer. He still is. He doesn't want me to be a part of his life. And every time I hear the name Don Shaw, I'm reminded of what this man was. And at the time, I, w- I wanted to be forgotten of who that guy was. Like, I went through a major depression phase and this and that. And then, then my dad, like, had cancer. And, like, he had lung cancer. It was stage um, one. And the doctors caught it very early on. And he chose not to get help for it. And now he's dead. Um, which is oh, fine. Like, like, I've coped with it. I'm okay. But I'm just... It's like, every time I hear their name, I'm reminded of the person that he was and how, like, he didn't change. And even when, I, like, he was, like, on his dime, I, like, I was telling him how much I forgave him and, like, that it was okay. And it happened two summers ago, actually. And I was like, it's fine, I forgive you. Can we just move on? Can we, like, go on happy notes? And I was really, like, trying to let him know that everything he did, I forgave him of, despite how I felt. Because um, I was reading, a, I posted on my blog. It's a blog called Love Without Cause. And... Um, my one of my friends said it to me. He said, "Donnie, you just got love without cause because your your dad may have hurt you, and you still got love him anyway." It's like he hurt you. That's okay. Which is why when people tell me like someone hurts from their family, like when people say like that their moms are like not good or their dads aren't good, but I feel like people don't understand that they may have hurt you, but you still can love them and still be there for them and still care about them mm-hmm. without like having to deal with that hurt and that pain. Like the hurt is going to be there, pain is going to be there, but you still can love them and care about them. And people have been through numerous things, which is why when I hear my dad's name. I don't want to be associated with it. But then the brighter side to that is that me being called that name is like someone that I, I can be a better father to my kids. I can be a better husband to my wife or a better brother to my sisters um, or, to, or to my brothers. As you reflect on your father and you're kind of like telling us this story, like what are some things specifically that really make you... Um, like that you want to be as a dad you know what I mean like what would you do differently as, as a dad as Don Shell 
as you. As a dad? Yeah, as yeah. a dad or as a husband. Maybe as a dad. I yeah. think that's funny. I think I would definitely, it goes out so cliche and so like movie related, but like going outside and playing like, you know, softball with my kids or tossing the ball with kids with my kids. Like it would be so fun. Or like to be that dad that's trying to be cool but not cool. Um, or like try to be like, you know, like just a glimpse of being a dad that's not cool but try to act cool. Or like a dad who's like, always on, like, the kid's side, but in the wife's eyes, you're, like, on her side. Or, like, you know, or, like, the dad that's, like, tells your kids bedtime story the night and kiss them, like, goodnight kisses. Or, like, the dad that will, like, you know, pick up from school, buy all your kids, like, all your friends and, like, the kids' food and then bring it to them. Or, like, the dad that will, like, go on trips with them and, like, want to go camping or, you know, like, hiking. Like, I wish I had that as a dad, like, mm-hmm. as, as a kid. Which is why I'm not, which is why I'm not, like, well-versed in certain various things. I've done things, but... Like, not things that, like, a father and son have done. Like, I don't know how to play football. I can't toss football. I can toss one. I can toss one. I can toss one. I'll, I'll teach be, you. I'll teach uh, be, you. It'll be pretty awful. I'll Wait, teach you. American um, football? Yeah, American football. And not, <laughs> not soccer. <laughs> you know, um, something my dad told me, uh, and my dad and I have a good relationship, and he said that quality time is quantity time. It is. You know, it he, is. He's, he, a lot of guys and fathers are like, oh, i got to get quality time camping trip with my son this weekend. But, like, you just described all of these things, like buying the food, you know, picking your kids up from school, going to the soccer games, like go, like learning how to throw the, the softball or whatever. All of those things require time, you know, which is money in our culture. Mm-hmm. So you have yes. to sacrifice, like, so much. And um, it's, like, really cool to see... Even though you didn't get a lot of that, you know what you're, you you want as like a yeah. a dad. Yeah, yeah. And I just I think that's why it makes it more interesting because like most people I feel like don't like I would not mind spending the time and money on my kids because they're my kids and I love it. And, and given there is, might be time where it might not all be like possible because in this economy we live in, it runs on money <laughs> to go to. Like, um, to go to a Ravens game is expensive. And my, um, but anyways, and it's just like, I, I envision a lot of things that I want to do with my kids and that I never got done, that never happened to me when I was a kid. Like, you know, just like the things, like, even like all the like hard times with my kids, like talking about, you know, the birds and bees or like having my kids go to parties and like something like, I was raised well. Like I can go to a party where there's drinking. I'm 19 years old. I do not drink or smoke. Or vape, but I could go to a party where <laughs> it, where, where it happens and be fine and not do anything stupid because I was raised by my mom very well to like be able to because she would trust me. Like my, my mom would say to me like, "What was the problem? My date canceled on me, but I made um, a bunch of friends who were at my prom who were like my dates, um, and they some of them did crazy things. Not mention names. Some did crazy things, and some invited me to do crazy things. Things were happening right under my nose, and I didn't even know it. And I just said, well, this is not for me. I'm going to go home. It's stupid. I left after the party was over, but I didn't do anything stupid. I got a question for you. So a lot of guys that don't have, uh, like, father figures, they often end up going down the same path as their absent father. You know what I mean? They, Which is my fear. <laughs> well, I'm not there yet. No, I'm not going to I think you're really you're trying to be intentional and make steps to not follow in your father's destructive footsteps. But I'm, I'm curious, like, 
what makes you different? You're obviously different. You know, you're here working at Camp Wabana. You I think, have I your podcast. Like, what what is it about your past or who or just talk to me about why you are in a different situation than so many other misguided young men? I think is honestly, wholeheartedly, it's because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, also because I know what it's like, and I would and I wouldn't deal like whenever I had my camp for the summer. Not being cocky, but my kids loved me as a counselor. And I think solely because of that, because I know how, because like, a lot of kids come here with, like, the rich kids come to camp. A lot of the kids, we get this talk when you, like, come to camp, but, like, a lot of the kids will come with broken homes. Like, a lot of the kids don't come here. Some kids come here for the summer camp, and they come more weeks because they can afford that. But some kids who come here, most of them come from broken homes. Yeah. And if I can make one kid's, like, you know, week better than it is if I'm at home, and they will see Jesus Christ coming out of me, which a lot of kids have done this summer. Like, there have been numerous, and I just think that, that Jesus has blessed me enough. Because, I mean, I have a father, and it's Jesus, and he loves me unconditionally. And he won't stop loving me, and he won't stop caring for me, he won't stop showing that he cares for me. Um, and I have a mother who loves me, no matter what. And I have numerous parents um, through other sources, and that's for different podcasts, but... Um, and I just said, I don't, I have a fear of seeing, if I can't, if I see a kid in need, and if I have ability to help them, I would generally have the power to help them. Yeah. And I feel like if we have that ability as Christians, who we're called to love and to care for people and to love without cause. Like, I'm pretty sure the Bible says it somewhere. Um, like, John something, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's like, Love expels all fears, and all the fears that we love cast out all fears, and all the fears that we have, love it goes in place for. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of time um, we tend to doubt things. The opposite of uh, fear isn't something, but it's doubt. And I think we doubt a lot of the time that we can't help them, but when reality is we can help them because we can make a kid's day better just by five seconds, like showing them you actually care about them. Or they're like, you have to be interested in their life. Like, for example, like, I did an all-nighter, and I got to hang out with a camper who, like, he lit up when he saw me. And we hung out for, like, literally <laughs> an all-night, which is, like, from 9, 8, 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. Hang out with a kid, no sleep, and just doing crazy things. <laughs> if you just show interest to these kids, their face will light up. So, um, what is something that... I mean, you're already being a light wherever you go to these kids. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, but what is something specifically, is there something that you feel like God's calling you to do uh, as you get older? Yes. Like, what's your purpose? I, mm, my purpose, I don't know yet. Jesus is always moving. <laughs> but my ideas that I have where I, where I think he's moving at, mm-hmm. or I think he's leading me or guiding me, yep. is probably to, um, like, youth counseling. Okay. Maybe... Um, <laughs> Mainly youth counseling um, because um, <laughs> mainly sorry about that. There's some more audience people got an audience. Um, um, youth counseling and what youth counseling is like. Cause I thought about that for a long time and I felt like that when you're dealing with kids, I've had a past mm-hmm. that I can pour into other kids with right. and help them. Be like mm-hmm. I know what you're, what, probably what you're going through. Where yeah. someone who's like a person who had mom and dad and want to use counseling but they don't understand exactly what that feels like mm-hmm. but they can give you some ideas like I can help you here and there but I've experienced it and I can help with the kids and I want to be able to show them the path of Jesus so more like a Christian youth counselor okay. and 
the label wouldn't be there, but it would be known that I'm a Christian, but it wouldn't be like a label. It'd be like, I can point to all these kids with love Jesus Christ. Enough to the parents would even hear that. But I can, if I can pour into them like I've been poured into, and then I and it falls out of me to them, then I mean I'm helping that kid or that person or that family or that kid's future. Because that kid can be a great dad, or I can, or that lady can be a great mom, um, or it can be you know a rough mom, but still try to be great because things mm-hmm. aren't perfect in this world. You know, you uh, talk about like obviously Jesus is fairly My relevant roots. in your life, yeah. And it's how you, you, you just described how you got through a lot of things, why you're different than most people. And then it's rooted in what Alyssa just asked you in terms of where you see your future and your purpose. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your like walk with Jesus and when yes. that really started to become important? Obviously, that's the root. So I want to know when that really oh, became your interesting. Well, that's an interesting story. Precious homes. So I was... 14, and this was my dad, when I, when I realized my dad was avoiding me, and I, so I was already going to church, I went to Napa ZP a long, long time ago, but I always knew I wanted Jesus, and and there have been numerous times throughout my walk where I have like said the prayer, but it wasn't like real, because my friends, my church had made it very clear that you can say this prayer, and you can tell me you said the prayer, but only God will know the prayer is like it's actually real. Like you can tell someone that it's real, and they be like, "Well, I don't know your heart. Only Jesus knows your heart." And I, and I feel like I'll always fake in it just to like say it. Um, but then I remember being 14, and I um, went to um, this place is called Shepherd Pratt, which is a um, young home for people who are crazy in the head, if you will. We'll use those words for better terms because the other word can be a little. There are, there are younger viewers that watch this, listeners that listen to this. So I gotta be very careful with my words. Um, and I remember that when I was there, I was like, Jesus, why are you like torturing me? Why am I being tormented? And then I did a, um, then I did a, a devotional, and the devotional, um, the devotional, it was Sarah Young. And the devotional was, um, it was called Every Day's Blessing. It's like a devotional. It's a typical devotional for a young boy to give him. You probably give it to you if you're a kid who's a boy and who's young. Probably right before. Anyway, that was a devotional. And I remember there were so many people from EP who would come into this place and see me. And they would see me time and time and time again. And they wanted Jesus was real. And then I was in this place where I got saved. And so, but the story being saying that was when I was at Annapolis High School, I, I had ADHD. But there are medicines that I've taken that could be used for other things. Um, and if you take more than medicines, stuff bad stuff happens. Um, and I did that, but I was in my Spanish class. And I hate Spanish, so I fell asleep in the class. And as I was falling asleep, I heard this voice in my head saying, go to the nurse. I knew I did, I did something that was not okay. And I went to the nurse and I said, your heart is racing, we need to call 911. So they called 911, and I got to the ambulance, and then they said, if we did not got to you in time, you would have been in a better or worse place. Lack of terms. Wow. Um, and now, like, Jesus was real, because someone spoke to me, and it wasn't no teacher speaking to me, the teacher didn't know what I was talking about. She didn't like me, she spoke Spanish. She didn't understand what I was talking about. That's why I fell asleep. Um, and then I heard that voice, and then 
that made me understand that someone else was looking out for me. And it, like I said, it wasn't that teacher. It wasn't this kid next to me because no one knew I did anything that morning. My mom, I told my mom, I love you the, the same day and, and um, I'll see you soon. And she was like, what are you talking about? And she had no idea either because my mom's like, I'm very good at faking things. And, um, not anymore because I'm 19. But that's my 14-year-old life. And you I was, had intentionally tried to... I intentionally, yeah. Wow. It, it was very much intentional. I knew what I was doing because all medicines I take, I ask a lot of questions for medicines I take because my mom has taught me numerous times to make sure you know what you're taking Heck before yeah. you take it. Because yeah. <laughs> somebody can give you something and you don't know what it is, and you're, then you're screwed. Yeah. And she said, always know like the amount, is, like the, the doses you're taking. And on my phone, there's like a medical ID button for if I were to get hurt. All medicines I take, the time I take them... The percentage I take them and, why, and what they're for and the like scientific name and the off-brand name is all written in there. Because um, I know I know what I'm taking. It's smart to know that stuff. Especially in this world. Because people are always against spike drinks. Um, and so I took something and then I knew what I was doing. And I knew how much it would need it to do a certain thing I was going to do. For better of lack of words. For my young listeners. Um... And so that happened, and I knew Jesus was real at that time when mm-hmm. someone said, "Go to the nurse." And the nurse That's was like, "They all were, they all were like very shocked because the officer came inside. They were like, Don Shell, what, what's wrong? No one expected it to happen.' And there were so many people, so many people that came to visit me that I didn't know that knew I existed. And and it's like I had a crappy life. Like my mom loved me, and like my brothers loved me, and I went to church, and it's like everything was fine. Is that my dad like finally pushed me to the edge? Is why, and again, the name Don Shell just brings back so many memories that I don't want. But it's like making me want to live to be better than what I am, or even just more wow. open. But so that's when I found Jesus, truly found Jesus. When I was in Shepherd Pratt for eight days, taking some medicine by some doctor who tried to prescribe me of being bipolar, which I was not bipolar, and called me mentally unstable, which I was not mentally unstable. I knew what I was doing. I was fine in my brain. And... Other stuff she called me that was not okay to call someone like me. So would you distinguish between like a chemical imbalance and then like just like almost like a spiritual or like emotional side of things? You know what I mean? Like yes, because drugs alter you like chemically, right? Yeah. And so there are sometimes that that's like necessary. Uh, but you're saying at this point you really was like you. an emotional yeah. thing that these drugs were. So the chemical. Balance was actually not balancing, but unbalancing things. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And that's what I think we're saying, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just interesting. It's just, it's an interesting uh, field. Like, I don't know too much about it, so. Well, it's a tricky thing. You gotta be careful, because there's a lot of medicine that that kids are taking now that they don't know that can be used for different things. Like, you'd be surprised your medicine before. Like, my medicine was, like, so, such a strong medicine that you couldn't get it through a fax. Like, it had to be aptly written and hand it to the person. It can be faxed to the person. Yeah. And faxing is like very fast and it goes straight to the place. But since it's such a high thing, it can only be written and signatured and stamped and then sealed and then given to wow. the pharmacist. It's a very high thing. So, so right now you don't you don't take any medication? Um, I have ADHD medicine, but I'm like naturally hyper anyways, so I just don't take it. But I take it if I need to focus for a test. For an exam, then I take it. But if it's anything else, I don't take it. I actually know a bunch of guys in college that would take the medicine like that for finals week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to just to be able to focus in on um, their their studies. They yeah. would, like, which is highly it. illegal to like take their friends' prescriptions 
I never tried it, but, but apparently it's not okay like, really you can literally only focus on one thing. Yes, yeah, so you can't really you, do like anything. So else. the things that the side effect of taking the medicine that you that I take with ADHD is that it makes you they call it a zombie effect. Like you literally are in a zombie stage and you're just like focus on that one thing and your mood is like dead and your emotions are dead and you're just like always tired. But if people will be like if you're super excited, which ADHD is like excitement, a hypertension activity, you're always like moving around and fidgeting. But you're like just still, and people are like, are you actually okay? There's something wrong with you. Which is why I stopped taking it as much because it also made my mind feel a little crazy because like people all be acting like it's something wrong with me and I'm, I'm fine. But they wouldn't know that because they don't understand that I have ADHD. You know, some people name, so not everyone. Sure, I kept a secret. Sure. And how long would this zombie effect last? Um, the whole day. So basically, like uh, until like dinner time, and then it also stirs oh, your appetite. Which is why if, if you go back to my picture, I have a picture to show you guys later. Four years ago, <laughs> when I took an ADHD medicine. Out the twig. Stop taking it for like a year. Birth happened, which is my stomach. <laughs> so, just so we're clear for that. Oh my goodness. Now, um, we're here at Camp Wabana. I'm curious, what's the story? Maybe you can t- tell your listeners a little bit about how you ended up here? Here at oh, Camp Wabana. That's, that, that's a fun story. I was just thinking that. Oh, Alyssa, do you want to ask a question again? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Oh, 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 I wasn't sure. I wanted to give people a little <laughs> Anyways, okay, so, say the year. Say the year. The what, year. What was the year that you first started? Oof, that's so young ago. So, I was like, I worked here for four, and I was a camper five. Okay. So eight years ago. Do the math yourself. You're all probably intelligent people. Okay. Eight years ago. Yeah. Like twenty eighteen. 2010, 2010, I mean. Nice. Yeah. Okay, anyways, anyways, I, my, I came here because my, Ooh. Annapolis EP did a, <laughs> like, sponsor kids to go to camp. And EP is very good at, like, sponsoring people. Not bragging about EP. I'm just saying. It's my church. I like it. Those are the words with downtown Hope. Annapolis EP is. And so the Bay Area. It's all, like, linked together. We're all the body of Christ. Well, amen. And you all <laughs> preach the same thing. Well, for what I understand, these three dudes. I'm not sure about all the churches. Only people from three I know. Yeah, they're similar for sure. Yeah. Anyways, and so, because I know Joey came to EP before, and if EP didn't like Joey, then he wouldn't give me EP. So he came to EP and preached. So I know he just preached. So that's why I figured that. And my dad's a deacon. Anyway, that's not my So, anyways, so I, um, Remember going, so I was a camper there when EP raised money for kids to go to camp. And EP was, the goal was to raise 20, to raise money for 20 kids to go to camp. And camp is not cheap, just so we're all clear. EP raised 30 kids to go to camp, and I was one of the 30 kids, one of the 10 extra kids that wanted to go to camp. And so I went to camp for the first time, and I had my first counselor. And my first counselor was Rob, and Rob used to work at my church as, like, the youth ministry after he, like, was my counselor. And so it was, like, funny, because, like, I saw him a lot more than I wanted to see him, but it was funny. I mean, he's a great guy. God, he might listen to this too. And so um, that happened. And then I remember wanting to work here was when I got, I was at LIT, which was Liz and Peter. Um, they're my LIT coordinators. What's LIT stand So it's leader in training. And it's basically like you get a mixture of um, camp, of being a camper, but not so much a camper, and then a mixture of being a staff. And it's like combining together, and it's like leaders in the training. It's like a basically you get both, the best of both worlds, but there's more like, staff oriented than it is like camper oriented there's something that are similar to campers but not as much and the way when i was at lit things were different than it is now but when i was at lit 
it was like super like it I, let me be careful here <laughs> when i was in lit i liked it a lot no i like lits either way i'll speak for when i was in lit so i'm gonna say because i don't want to because it's different so I'm, i can't beat the difference and I got pulled into the office by Neil, who he was a summer camp director, and Carl, who was the summer director at the time. So there was a director of Camp Havana, and then there was a summer camp director. And I got pulled into the office, and they were looking at me and asking me questions, and Neil wrote me a postcard. His business card said January 1st on the back of the postcard. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is this postcard for? I was really terrified, because it's like, I'm in someone's office I don't know, and he's the guy who's in charge of this place, and what I do wrong. <laughs> I did get a strike, but it wasn't because of that. So I was really worried. Um, it's not like a physical strike. It's like a written strike. Just yeah. over, just okay. over clear. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I got that. And then I, he said, Don, do you want to work at camp? And then he said, oh, this application was going January 1st. So I applied January 1st. And that's when I um, applied to camp and how I heard about camp. And I was at LIT for three weeks. And I worked at camp for two. Mm-hmm. So I got to be at camp for five weeks. Um, that whole summer that I like wanted to work here and I knew I wanted to become a counselor and I knew that Carl knew that and so did Neil and they saw it in me which is why I worked my way up the ladder actually a ladder to work up because you work in the kitchen in your first year and some people some people didn't get that um, or you become a straight counselor which this guy did um, whatever. so you worked in the kitchen yeah I, was, I worked in the dish pit that like big machine you saw in the kitchen? Yeah, I worked on. Okay. Would never do it again in my life. Dish pit is it's not the funnest spot to be. It's very hot and sweating, and I don't yeah, like sweat. Pits, don't like hot. Pits are pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, pit. Exactly. Keyword pit. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's a. It can. It, I feel like it can give you a really good bonding and experience. No, no, no. So. The camp pit. Have you seen the camp pit? Have you seen how it runs? Yeah, I used to. Not, I'm not I coming at Camp Obama's pit. Yeah, but have you seen our pit? Our pit is not like your fancy old pit that like everything's done for you in one second. It's gotten better though. It's okay. It works it's, a, it's a process. It's someone who washes, someone who dries, and then the machine like you, you just to scrub things. And think about think about three hundred kids character. and then three hundred plates you have to wash, mm-hmm. plus the extra plate because some kids don't forget to get more plates. So it's like five hundred plates, and then upon that you gotta you wash all the like you know the tin for where the food goes. Wipe down the table and get the buckets from the tables and the cups. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. For three meals, well, four meals, because there's some kids who get lunch, two lunches. So it's like. Two lunches? Well, because like, there's day, day camp and then day camp and rice camp. So it's four meals in total. And so it's a, it's a process. Like, exactly. That's stressful. And then Monday through Saturday, <laughs> Sunday through Saturday, Monday through Saturday, you're doing stuff. Sunday's the Lord's Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So. I'm raising my hand in the air. That's why there's a pause. Next yes, question. that's true. So that's why I, that, that's how I work that camp. Okay. Wow. Unless I got any questions for me. Okay, so wait, how many people did you work with in the kitchen? In the kitchen in total. Uh-huh. So my year in the kitchen, there was so there was two people on dish pit. There were five people who were the waitresses, waitresses, mm-hmm. or oh, it's still recording. Oh, that's a red right there. Okay, good. I was really mad. I was not recording. <laughs> oh, there's five waitresses slash waiters. Mm-hmm. There's two preps, and then there is the kitchen like lead, like dining hall lead, mm-hmm. and then there's the kitchen manager. Okay. Did you get along with? Oh yes. Okay. Good. Uh, except for one guy, except for Colton. 
<laughs> you know, naming names <laughs> now. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, he's in the army. He doesn't even know. Okay. He's crazy. It was okay. All right. Talk about him days. Sean knows Colton. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Love you too, Colton. I don't love you back. Okay. <laughs> hey, you have questions for me? I'm, I so, would like this. How would you describe just your overall time of being here, working at the camp? At camp? Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. Okay. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Why nine what's out of the, ten? Yeah, what's the yeah. one out of ten that makes it... Uh, Not a... Like that, that I don't like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just... It, yeah, it helps. I mean, well, we talk okay, about a lot so of good stuff. But. I'm being honest. Is, if I'm being honest with you, nothing will ever be perfect unless you're in heaven. Truth. Can I get amen? Amen. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also, too, I think there, there are some things that I just don't, like... I don't know. I feel like the ministry is amazing. The ministry is 10 out of 10. The people are 10 out of 10. Um, who want to interact with the kids are 10 out of 10. The heat, 2 out of 10. Because 112 degrees weather. Um, but also, too, I think that it's just that I was there was something that would be different. Like, you know, for example, if I wanted to... Um, like, they're just... I'm trying to figure out how to put it. I gotta be careful what I'm saying. Um, Each year, it's a new dynamic. Yeah, it's also it's like so, so, like there's something always changing, and like I just like I like the ladder effect. Like there's certain positions that you can't do to a certain age, but there's some things that I want to do that I can't do until I'm at that age, which like makes me kind of upset. So that's why it's like. So what's right. something specifically that you want to do? I want to be a LIT coordinator. I gotta be 21. Why do you want to be an LIT coordinator? That's what I did. Uh, and that's why I came back to camp because I was at LIT. Oh. Um, and that's what made me like camp even more. And listen to you numerous stories about it. Um, and it just, it sparked me so much. Like, it grew, it grew me. And it made me, like, remember who I was. It made me remember how small I am compared to Jesus. And how much when I decrease, he increases. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, I remember I brought me to my knees, actually. I was leaning against that wall. Which you guys cannot see. But these three can see. I leaned against, this is new, this little part, but this door did not change. I leaned against that door right there, mm-hmm. and I was, we were singing Oceans. If you, if you don't know Hillsong, song Oceans, but pretty sure you probably do know. There's a part in the song that says, Spirit, leave me, um, well, my trust is without borders. And there's a verse in the Bible that is Isaiah, something where it says, trust without borders. Um, and I leaned against there, and I was like, holding on to my LIT coordinators and we were like hollering at each other we had our hands on each other and like in like a little like circle not our circle but like a little circle and we were just like singing that song and you can like feel the spirit move in that room like, if, like just imagine a bunch of other kids like this one was full of kids like there's more seats that are in here than kids but kids full of that and kids like worshiping Jesus and then you have the staff in the back that worshiping Jesus and you're like feeling the, the spirit move you're like I want to be a part of this, which are you already are a part of it, but you want, but you want more of it than what is like being shown. And that's why I'm be LIT coordinator, because LIT coordinator, because uh, you can't get experience at all, and do it all, mm-hmm. and be a part of all, and like have like your little snippets into like the like counselors' lives, into like you know, because the, the, the way LITs work, you literally get the taste of every single thing of camp. The way it works now. These are things, which is great, which is why I like it. The program they have now, I just never experienced it myself, so I can't speak for it essentially. But that's why I want to be able to keep going. But I also love counseling a lot. Like my kids had a lot of chance throughout the summer. Just saying, I'm, I think I'm the top champ person at camp. 
What tent was that? Captain May. Oh, the, my superhero chant. Sir Captain May was my superhero chant. Sir some Captain kid, May. some kid hey, ate it up hey, and it hey, stuck. Sir it stuck through him. There's a whole cape oh, that made awesome. my best friend made. It made a cape. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was really quite elegant. The cape is here in this prop closet. I'm gonna show you sometime. One of you. Anyways, next question. So, how have you seen uh, the kids' lives change? Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. So I was in, when I was in day camp, I had a kid. I don't think I can name his name for safety reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just. But let's call him Joe. Even. Yeah. Okay. Good. But I had this kid, and <laughs> his name was John. John Doe, and like you know, John Doe. You want yeah. And um, he like had a lot of family issues, and day camp is full. Like I guarantee you, look on the app, like on the Chick Fil A. Uh, Chick Fil A. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I work at Chick-fil-A and I'm talking about Chick-fil-A app. He's like the most, he uses the app the most, actually. Yes, I probably do. Yeah, and like it, it, it is proven. I'm like the second He's, person on yeah, the list. Yeah, the number, number two user of the Chick-fil-A app. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, okay. So, so you anyways, look online and you, look at You look online at the camp because they have a percentage of the full. I guarantee day camp is already full. The camp, the camp well, hasn't even started. It's, it's already open. No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's, it's open like next week or something. I'm pretty sure it's open like well, summer first. We're looking at Oh, anyways, not open it. Okay, but when, you, it, when it opens up, when it'll, it opens, be, it'll, be it'll be on there. Um, and so we were on, um, and he like, my kid wanted to come back in the summer, and we said that we looked for the weeks and they were all full. But I want to invest in Philip, and he really wanted to know Jesus more, and like, we had a connection, and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm praying for this kid so much, and I was praying like week after week and day after day for this, just for this kid to come back. I wanted him to come back, and I was trying to make things happen. Cause he like had a rough home and mom and dad were getting divorced and he blamed himself for it. And I was like, mm. I know it's like, I can help this kid. And he's leaving me cause like it's a week you get to know a kid. I know. And, um, something happens. And so then I prayed and the next thing you know, um, four weeks later, I see on my roster that I have a kid that looks like my kid. Now on the roster, there's like a picture next to a kid's face. There was no picture that you're like, this can't be the same kid. And I don't know. Cause any kid can have this name. I thought I got my hopes up. But then I saw this kid running towards me. I'm like, wait, no way. This is him. And he runs towards me. I'm like, this is him. He's back. And I'm like, Jesus, she answered the prayer that I needed. Because there was a week that opened up where a kid dropped a spot. It still happened that one kid dropped a spot. And the kid that I've been praying to get the spot got the spot. Oh, yeah. This was last um, last podcast. This was the miracle that you had yeah, described. It was. And yeah. it's like, Jesus, like, and that kid's lives, his life was changed. And I got him to come. Like, he came to Christ. And it's like to watch how like that unfold, like, cause like it, it makes you feel better as being a counselor as well. Cause that means even when you don't think you're leaving the market, there's there, there some kids who will give you problems and will like push you to limits. But even when you don't think you're reaching a kid's heart, you're reaching a kid's heart. Yeah. Cause they give you problems cause they're too afraid to let you in. Mm-hmm. They're afraid you're gonna walk out. Right. And Which that's the why, spirit, you know, Exactly. Moving. They're exactly. Just, just using you yeah. as, yeah. as a mm-hmm. Cause kids will be easy to shut you out cause it's easier to do. They can shut someone out for a week because it's easier to do than to let them in for a week. Because then when they leave, they are having attachment issues because they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Which is why the counselor, when you're trying to let kids into your life, is like you got to make a connection by like day three. Because it's like you want to get to know these kids by like Wednesday or by Tuesday, mm-hmm. so you get to spend the rest of the time with them, trying to get to know and make them and like not like and get them to know who Jesus is. Right. And it's hard because like as a, as it always says, it's easier for a young kid 
to say forget you and give you problems than it is to be attached to you and let you into their life. Because they only know, they, they all know it's for a week only. So like, if I can suffer till Friday. Like there's one kid in my cabin who I tried to get to stay till like, he had one, like literally was the last day. And it was like literally the next day, four more hours, he would've been fine. Or like half, like half of the day till 12. And it would've been fine. Mm. But he just couldn't wait till I did. Like I, I gave him so much slack. My boss gave him so many, so much slack. I try to bear with him. I try to get benefit of the doubt. Like there have been numerous times where I tried. And I was like, Jesus, I don't want to send a kid home. But if he's not gonna like, if it, if, it, if it won't change, then okay, I have to because it means it's affecting my other kids, and I don't right, want that. Right, and that's important. So Jesus has been faithful, and so I've seen a lot of kids' hearts change, and that was one of the kids' hearts that I saw definitely change. But there are newer kids that I saw hearts change. Very cool. Um, well, well um, May May. Uh, we're it's New Year's Eve, yeah. and the festivities are uh, about to begin in like ten minutes. It's going to be mm-hmm. 2019, so I think we should probably start wrapping this up. I'm oh, thinking. Such a good podcast. Uh, you want to like leave our, your listeners with any like words of encouragement or th- something that's on your heart? Yes, I recently have found this quote by Articus. Uh, if you don't know who Articus is, he's a philosopher, and that's all I know. Um, and this quote says, let me find this quote. This quote says, um, we all are broken and that's how the lights gets in. Athlete is not Articus. That was by Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. Which is a quote and it means a lot to me because the quote is talking about how like, you know, we are all broken. But that's how the light gets in. And you know, what is the light? The light is Jesus. And we are all broken. And he still gets in. So. Cool. I, I remember my pastor, Joey, speaking about, like, cracks and whatnot. Which is why I thought of that quote. Yeah, broken mm-hmm. yeah so this is the Daily Dawn. And I'd like to thank my uh, hosts for hosting this podcast and getting to know me better. And I hope you guys have a happy new year. And I'll see you in 2019. Well, not see you <laughs> Here you're 2019. (laughs) (laughs) The Daily Dawn. Out.